I'm super excited today. It's going to be a conversation. Listen, loosen the collar, take off your church hat, kick off your stilettos, and buckle up. This is going to be a ride of the century. I've got my sister here, Jessie Woo, is here, and we're going to talk about absolutely everything. No holds but Well, we're going to have to hold back some yeah, bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We have to hold back some bars. Thank you for hanging out with me today. Thanks. You know I love you. No, no, I love you more. I love but the you so moment much. that we connected, I said, yeah. I'm adopting her out of the shelter. Yes, yes. I'm, yes, I'm taking her yes. straight in. <laughs> the one thing that uh, you and I have in common is being PKs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And people have no idea yeah. the trauma of yeah. being the kid of a preacher. Yeah. What was that like for you? Oh, my Lord, how much time do we have? We have all the time in the world. All the time in the world. Um, You know, I, my father's side of the family, yes. there's a long line of preachers there. So um, my grandmother, Joyeux Juste, she had a huge Haitian Kojic ministry oh, wow. in the 80s and the 90s in Montreal, Canada. So I'm Haitian. Yes. I was born in Montreal, Canada, which a lot of Haitians go to because right. it's French speaking. Yes. So anyway, um, she had a huge ministry and my father was the, her last child. Um, and he was the only child out of all the children who was born outside of her marriage. Okay. So he was already a little outcasted a little bit. Yes. Um, but he was the one who had the gift. Like yes. he had the gift to be on stage and to preach God's word. And um, he was very charismatic, very smart. My father has multiple degrees, speaks wow. multiple languages. Um, and in ministry is where he met my mother. My mother started going to the church and she was like children's choir director, oh, yes. you know, like she became like the fave. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, like they met and they dated each other and they eventually got married and my dad was preaching and I was their firstborn child. Nice. And but I think that my father's journey is very... Uh, Chai, I know you's gonna ask me about my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, know it. I, know it. I, I know thought it. I was gonna come in here and pray yes. for a husband. Yes, yeah, we gonna get to that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my father, as gifted as he is and, and was, he uh, would preach Sunday morning and Sunday night. He was selling crack and he was doing crack and he was. Pimping, you know. No he, way. Yeah, like I didn't even know that. Oh, I'm. I've this never was not that. even a setup conversation. No, I, I promise I you, I didn't I know think, that. I don't think I ever shared that with you, but yeah, my daddy was selling cocaine and drawers at night. Um, did and he then get also, caught? <laughs> you know, multiple times. Multiple he did. Times. A, he did times. Oh yeah, multiple times. Like my dad was well known for in the streets yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of, um, of Montreal. And um, I even vaguely have like vague memories as a kid. I remember one time being at my grandma's house and seeing my dad on the <laughs> on the news, just wow. arrested, you know, like. Right. And um, so yeah, it just was a lot. So my mother, she tried her best to stand by that. Like in our culture, in Haitian culture, you marry, you don't get divorced. Right. And you know, like in Kojic, like you, you marry forever. You oh, don't yeah. get divorced, right. like that there's no divorce. 
And so her thing was, you know what, Let, let's go, let's go to Miami, let's leave Canada, Onale, yeah. you know, like, let's go to another environment where you won't have to deal with this. And he was like, yeah, 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 okay, 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 let's leave, we, 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 we're going to leave, we're going to leave. And when it was time to leave, he wouldn't leave, but my mama was gone. Wow. She was like, yeah, I'm not staying here. And so that's how we ended up leaving and going to Miami. And so I didn't grow up with my dad constantly in my life. I actually went 10 years without wow. knowing where my dad was. Um, so yeah, I don't feel like I got the full PK experience, but my mother, once she moved to, to Miami, she became an evangelist. Yeah. And so I, I grew up in church. I, one thing a lot of people don't know about me, I played drums. I was a drummer. No way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no way. yeah, it was like, I, will pay cash <laughs> I was really good. What? The drums. I, what? I promise you I would. Oh, you trying to say that like I wasn't good. No, 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 like, no, no, and no. I was I on just beat. can't picture it. Oh, okay. I, I trust your gift. <laughs> no, literally, like I was always like, I played by sound and I played by watching even like piano and all that. Like I would play by sound and watching people. And there was one time where like our drummer didn't show up and my mom, like she knew, like I would play with the drums like after church and stuff. Right. And she's like, Jessica, bon, the drummer's not here. Umem, mon drums you. And like, next thing you know, I was on drums every Sunday. I was no like, oh way. my God, no. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> no, but. I became church drummer, and then like when I was nine, I started my own kids choir. And, no like, way! So, yeah, I was very like involved. I grew up in church, um, but I really wish I did have like my dad and my mom. I yeah. feel like that would have been a beautiful experience. But you know, it, it is what it is. No, everybody's road is it. My parents yeah. have been married for fifty-four years. Wow. My grandparents were married sixty-two years and sixty-four years on both sides. Uh, my parents built their ministry around family and marriage and have done books yeah. on marriage and how to have a sustainable marriage. And both me and my sister are divorced. Yeah. How yeah. do you feel? Like, Because you said 64, then 52, and oh, then yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Both, you're single. Yes. Neither <laughs> one of us made 10. Neither one wow. of us made 10 years of marriage. And my sister's a therapist, Dr. Tamer Bryant. Shout mm -hmm. out to you is uh, both of us, we were in a conversation over the holidays that our marriages probably didn't work because we tried to get as far away from our parents as possible. So we were looking for mates that did not remind us of our parents in any way, shape, or form. Oh, wow. I wanted to ask you, mm -hmm. you're gorgeous, you're intelligent, oh, you're you. gifted. <laughs> you got so much Tell on me the more. table. Listen, I can't think of nothing else. <laughs> You got so much on the table. Tell me how you think your upbringing impacted mm -hmm. your dating life. Oh, Lord, how much time do we, we have? We got time. That's all we got. Uh, um, you know what? Dang, why are you asking me these I, questions? Because I want to know. The people want to know. Um. Oh, my gosh. Why are you asking me this? Uh, so my therapist actually told me this. Uh, the year before last, my therapist said I have abandonment issues. Mm. And so I think that I have a, a knack for going for people who don't keep their word. Ooh. Like I, I remember being a kid and my dad, my mom, even though they divorced and we moved to Miami, my mom always sent me to Canada every summer. So my dad had no excuse. Like right. my grandmother, my aunt, I still have a lot of family up there. So I would be there for three months out of the year 
And then like, you know, if I, if she wanted to send me some other time, she would. Right. Um, but that was my dad. So you could have that opportunity. It's summertime. Yes. You know, you had that opportunity. Right. And I remember so many times when he would say, ah, I'm going to go, I'm, co- I'm going to come pick you up. I'm going to come pick you up. My vintage my vintage No sorti. No sorti. I'm like, okay. And I'm getting ready. I'm like, grandma, my dad going to come get me. My dad going to come get me. And she'd be like, okay. <laughs> now, was this his mother or your mother's mother? My mother. Your mother's mother. My mother's mother. mother. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had a close relationship with my mother's mother. My dad's mom, she died when I was young. Okay. Um, so yeah, she's like, okay, he's coming to get you. Okay, sweetie. You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, let's see. he's coming to get me. And like, he wouldn't come. Right. And I just remember just feeling like, dang, um, why doesn't he want me? Mm. What is it about me that you don't want me? Like, just feeling that as a kid. And then I think growing up and then starting to go into relationships i feel that a lot like you'll say you're gonna do something you don't do it right and you'll make promises you don't keep them and it makes you feel very like unwanted like why don't you want me what is it about me that you won't fight for me what is it about me that you won't commit to me my father never committed to me wow and then i think being the oldest um, I have three younger siblings, and I was always expected to do a lot. I feel like I was a mom at, at a very young age, but I didn't get the mothering. I was always, it was always, Jess, I need you to do this. Jess, I need you to do that. I got to go to work, so I need, I need to sleep. So can you make sure the kids have this? Can you make sure the kids have that? Can you go pick up your brother? Can you pick up your sister? Can you? And it's like, I didn't get that. Mm. Nobody really provided that provided for me. for me, like or that I never felt a closeness with my mother. I feel like my mom was always just trying to get by, trying to make things work. So I didn't have that with my mom. I felt very abandoned with her, and I didn't have my dad. So I feel like in relationships, I found the same thing. Mm. Like I will go above and beyond. Like if if I'm in a relationship, like I'll do a lot for you. You won't even have to ask, but I feel like I never have that in return. I always end up feeling abandoned. And so for me, a lot of times what I'll do is the moment I like see certain signs, I'm gone. Like I've had a guy tell me that before. Like he'll say, I'm so scared of you. Like you don't, you just will up and leave. Like you don't even like, will tell me, well, what, where did I go wrong? I'm like, well, I feel like you should already know that. Right. So for me, I'm just like, all right, before you leave me, I'm, I'm gone. Like. If there's any sign, I'm, gone, yeah, I'm like, kicking the door down yeah. if there's a crack in Oh, it. I'm gone. Oh, you ain't got to worry about me. I got my tennis shoes on. I'm out. Right. Like, yeah. When so. in, intimately, when stuff will happen in the press, media, social media, I'll reach out to you, make sure that you're okay. Yeah. When the whole Whitney Houston thing happened. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, like, you did. You're going to live. <laughs> yeah, you did. But I'm curious now in this conversation, yeah. is that why you were so triggered when the stuff went wrong when you tried to date a preacher? Ooh. <laughs> oh, you know that story. Oh, the, you gave it to the whole world. You gave it to the whole Ooh, world. Ooh, you know that story. 
Oh my God. Yeah, so I I, I took that as this wasn't just a random person who you encountered and dated, but it had layers. Oh, there were layers. Based off of what your experience was and then bringing that to bear. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you this. My mother, Haitian parents, they want nothing but the best for their mother, their their daughters when you're going to go marry, when you're going to go date. They want right. you to be doctor. Yeah. You have to be doctor. Ingenieur. You know what I mean? Avocat, lawyer. And if you say preacher, yeah. oh, you know, that's a good one too because yes. contrary to a lot of beliefs, people think that Haitians don't believe in God and that's so untrue. Yeah. Like, we're one of the most like even we have a saying in the Haitian culture, si Dieu veut, if God's will, if it be God's will, right? So let's say you say, oh, we're gonna meet Monday. I'll right. say, okay, Monday, si Dieu veut. Lundi is Monday in Creole. So lundi, si Dieu veut. So everything is like God's will, God's yes. will. So I remember say God's will in Creole again. Si Dieu veut. You gotta say that slow. <laughs> I got a GED. Si- <laughs> See what now? Si Dieu veut. Si Dieu veut. I got it. Mm-hmm. God's will. God's will. If it, you if hear it me be say God's will. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So you'll say, we're going to meet up on, on Monday, but Monday, si Dieu veut. So that's always something that we say. Um, so if I say, if I tell my mom, mom, like I met a preacher and, you know, I met this, I met that. I remember meeting him before we ever became that. that I met him like, probably a year and a half, two years before that. And um, at the time, he wasn't preaching anymore. He had moved to L.A. and he was an actor and was he had said he was like a spiritual leader to a lot of people that were in the business. And, you know, I was like, oh, okay. But it just was always a little, <laughs> it was always a little, eh. One thing about me, I always yes. have questions. yes. And I try not to be interrogative, but I can be an interrogator, and that's something I'm trying to. I've, I've. No, it's better for you to ask questions. It is, but because I think, otherwise you're gonna be left with the answer later exactly. on. Exactly. So ask all exactly. of the questions. This is for everybody listening. No. Never be afraid of questions. Exactly. Ask them. Exactly. But I think for me, there's a softer way to do it, though. Okay. Because I can be very thick, 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 thick. Like, I could yes. be like that. I don't know if it's a Haitian thing, but I can be, th- you know. So I try to be, I try to soften up. But so when we had become, like, romantic, I did start asking more questions. Because I, you know, he wasn't pastoring anymore. He wasn't getting... um placements like in acting and and acting is not something that pays you a lot of money initially right and so i'm seeing you with i'm seeing you with a fleet of cars you got a range rover you got the wraith with the stars in the sky you know what i'm saying you got the you know (laughs) like you got the bentley you got the you know the rolls royce you got the bmw so i'm asking questions now why you got a fleet of cars and when i come to your house you ain't got no food like in the fridge yikes or you're not eating unless you buy Uber Eats. I got the whole thing. Okay. So I was like, hmm. And then I remember him saying to me, you know, I don't, I don't want to practice. I don't want to be a preacher anymore. I left that behind because they thought that I was doing all this stuff that I wasn't doing. And, but I need $10,000 and I'm getting asked to preach at a, like a convention or something like that. Preachers conference. And they want to pay me $10,000. I was like, well, go ahead and do it. But I don't want to do it because I don't know if I want to go back into that world. And I was like, well, don't do it. 
but I need the money. <laughs> and I was like, is this man trying to ask me for $10,000? No, 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 no. And so I said, do it. And he said he wouldn't do it. And so I looked up on my socials one day, and it was the date that he said he w- he that the conference was. He said he wouldn't do it. Right. And I, I guess we had mutuals, and somebody posted him at the conference. And the conference was here in Georgia. And I was like, that's strange that you didn't hit me up. Right. Tell me that you were doing it. But I had remembered he had mentioned another girl to me that he had dated. Uh. And he didn't know. (laughs) And he didn't know that I knew her enough to reach out to her. No, no. And the moment. No. (laughs) And the moment I reached out to her, she knew. She knew. She was like, what do you want to know? She knew. She knew who the swindler was. She knew. And so going back to your question, which was. Wait, what was your original question? You I said. I don't know. I blacked out. <laughs> Wait, I didn't even said, mean to go this far. Yeah. I was asking you, yeah. did your relationship with a, when you dated a preacher, trigger what took place oh, with yes, your dad yes, and yeah, with yes, your mom? Yes. You done gone all the way oh, to I the did, race. Yeah, yes. yes. Come on back. Because, Come on back. Yo, it triggered that because it was the lying. My dad is a very good liar. Very charismatic. Will look you dead in your eye. And tell you a lie from the pits of hell. Is your dad living? Yeah, he's he's living. Oh yeah. You know he's listening to this. I know. Oh, he know, he knows who he is. <laughs> okay. My daddy know he ain't bleepity bleep. <laughs> like he knows. Like. But have you have you he, healed from what happened? Um, no. You have not. No. And the reason why no. I ask that is eighty three percent, Jesse. Eighty three percent of adult preachers' kids don't go to church. Mm. Because I'd they, definitely they, be going to Bedside Baptist. Yes, I they, come here sometimes. Yes, in the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> in the spirit. I'd definitely be going to Bedside yeah, Baptist. Yeah, no, but yeah. The, the favor that is on your life is absolutely remarkable. Yeah. Uh, how it is that uh, God just continuously opens doors uh, for you. But are there moments where you got to ask God, are you there? What, what is happening? Of course, all the time. Yes. How, how do you, with that upbringing all that's in you, how are you able to maintain that relationship with God? Ooh. It's an active, I feel like I make the active choice every day. Because um, even my, even post my dad, you know, what I experienced with my father, what I experienced growing up, growing up in church, I actually went on to work at a mega church. I worked really? at a church. Mm-hmm. I worked at a church called Potential Church for three years. First, it was Flamingo Road Church. But what were you doing there? So I was the children's ministry leader. No way. Yeah. I need a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, come and on And kids over. love me. Like, I bet it. Come on kids over. Kids love You're going to explode you the do? youth program. Come on over. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? I would love. I've, I've always said I really want to go get back to that. I think it's just it, you, it tugs at your heart. Like, yeah. I take kids personally like I found myself getting so involved with the kids like to the point like till this day I'm good friends with so many of the parents that were in the ministry till this day like Fred Taylor who's a big football player his kids were there like you know we're we're friendly till this day like I love children like I have a love for children I love children and I fell into children's ministry and we would create songs and I did a children's worship 
choir there too and we I'd have them perform in a big church like yeah. it turned into a big thing where the parents were like oh when when, when the kids perform in the big church again like right. their families would come like I it was that's I think that's a calling that's on my life too. My mom loves children. She was nice. a children's choir director. I, I love children. But I think even working in the mega church, I saw things that I didn't like. That hurt me too. Yeah, and I was let, like, yeah let me give a disclaimer though. Yeah. You can see stuff in a in a storefront church that I you know, won't like. I know. Yeah, let's, let's, well, I'll I, say I, this. I don't want the mega church to just get a bum. No, rag. I know. I'll, I'll say this. Yes. I experienced a lot of racism there. Okay. So the church was white led. Yes. And the pastor, like when we would have like meetings, it was so clear how the distinction between his relationship with the black workers yeah. versus the white or the, the non-black workers yeah. versus the versus uh, the black ones. And it just was a misappropriation of funds. Also with just, like I said, the way he would speak to us and I'll never forget my leader, she asked me, she would do like this Muppet show. She had a white Muppet and she would, um, her Muppet was white and country. Yeah. She's like, oh, we should get a black Muppet. I was like, cool. And she's like, we should name her Shaniqua. Uh, Just, uh, and like all the stuff she was saying was very like, you know. Stereotypical. Right. Yes. And I said, yeah, so. Well, I got a problem with with black people that go to white churches. Okay. And I'll, yeah, let yeah. me let me put it out there yeah. because you never see it in the reverse. True. You never see it in True. the reverse and what I say True. to friends True. of mine who go to them is that they'll let black people on the praise team, let yep. black people on security, yep. let black people preach, but there's never a black person no. in the finance ever. Room. Ever. That, ever. That, that's that's my issue. I, I stand on that. Ever. I stand on it. So I'm all for we are the world. That I, we one body, but there's got to be some equity on it. I yeah. saw, Jesse, this crazy interview. You, I'm going to send it to you. William Shatner from Star Trek mm -hmm. interviewed Mike Tyson. Mm -hmm. It was a couple of weeks ago. He said something that messed me up. He said, tell me what you do before a fight. Mm -hmm. And Mike Tyson, Jesse, said, I cry before every fight. When Shannon said, you cry before every fight, why? He said, because of who I become Ooh. in the ring is not Ooh. who I am. Aww. So for me to fight, yeah. I've got to be a person that has no compassion, that has anger, mm -hmm. that has rage, that has hostility. Yeah. And I have no sense of heart for anybody else. So I cry because I know I have to become this person. Mm. I want to know, what do you... How do you decompress after being on Wild and Out? <laughs> Ooh. No, what, what part of you do you sacrifice or say, you know what, people don't really know who I am. Yeah. They just know this, this segment of this persona. Hmm. I think, I mean, first of all, Wild and Out has is, is, been a great experience. Um, I'm thankful to Nick Cannon for putting me on it. Um, it's very competitive. Like it is very competitive. When you earlier, when you mentioned the the Whitney Houston joke, like I had an idea of how I wanted that joke to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. You know, I yes. just wanted to end it with the singing. Right. And I remember I ran it by one of our writers, who's brilliant, and um, 
he was like, sometimes the writers will tell you how to punch up a joke. Right. So he made some suggestions, and I was like, okay. I didn't know what I was going to do until I got on the stage. Right. I really didn't know, and I did it. And when I did it, like, I mean, the rumbling, the rumbling, and the, yo, that was, yo, like, <laughs> that was crazy, you know, and that was fire, like, and then, of course, the public season, and then you see there's people who really, really like it, there's right. people who really, really hate it, um, but I feel how you decompress from those experiences is, I am who I am. Yeah. When you do a show like Wildin' Out, the show is called Wildin' Out. <laughs> right, you're right. You go on there to wild out. Right, you know what I mean? Right. And um, sometimes it can be a lot because everybody's trying to out-wild each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can get lost a little bit. And then there's stuff that happens behind the scenes too. Like entertainment is not, it's not as glamorous as people think it is. Well, the, the, the Band-Aid is ripped off. Yeah. The Band-Aid is ripped off, and people got questions. Yeah. Especially in the undercurrent of this whole Diddy thing. Oh, yeah. Yes. So yeah. From, your, from what it is that we're yeah. hearing, with no detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no detail. <laughs> yeah. But how dark is the entertainment oh, industry? it's so dark. It is so dark. Wow. Like, even with our... our tell you something I've never shared. When I first was a, I, did, I first did Wild and Out 2016, I was a Wild and Out girl. And one of the cast members, um, I was in the hotel lobby, just got there, got dropped off, trying to find my room. He was like, hey, I can help you to your room. And I'm like, oh my God, it's such and such. Right. Like, my, my brothers love you, my, my sister right. loves you, whatever. He's like, oh, that's cool, that's dope. You know, we're chit-chatting. And he takes me, to, he gets me to my room, puts my bags down, and he turns around and he tells me, so what happens, like, stays between you and I, I won't tell anybody. And I looked at him and I said, you need to leave now. Wow. And so he leaves, and he was like intentionally mean to me that entire season. Wow. Like intentionally mean. So anyway, I do that one season of, of Wild Not as a, as a Wild Not girl. Years later, I was talking about colorism. I had faced colorism right. as a Wild Not girl. Um, when I originally auditioned, I auditioned as a comedian. I didn't have the following. I didn't have like, you know, nobody knew who I was. And the woman who was casting for Wild Not Girls, she was like, well, you know what? You can just do be a Wild Not Girl. And she did it as a favor to the person who sent me in to audition. And so as a Wild Not Girl, sometimes you get speaking roles. And I got like, a, like it, I got two opportunities to speak, but each time they were taken away from me like as I was getting ready to do it. And that person told me, well, you know, you're, you don't look like the other girls. You're not exotic looking. Wow. That so one. colorism still exists oh, in 2024. Of course. So anyway... I did an interview, that clip went viral, Nick Cannon saw it, and he comes to me, he says, I'm really sorry about your experience. I think you're talented, I want you on the show. That's how I got on the show. No way. As a comedian. Wow. But what I've never really shared was getting back on the show, that person had saw that interview as well. Yeah. And so she went out of her way to make my experience a living hell. Like she was, 
she made sure to tell other people who were on the cast, don't talk to me, don't don't talk to Jess. She did this, she did that. Like it was like that first season that I joined, yeah. it was like hell on earth. Mm. And even then I had that Whitney moment. Right. Even, you know, throughout all that. But anyway, so last year, when was it? The, the last time I, I filmed, I like it was last year, early last year. Remember that person that had took me to my hotel room. Yes. So by then, you know, they're still on the show. And we, you know, we're, we're cordial. And I felt like he had changed. And, yeah. you know, like he was like very helpful to me, yes. gave me a lot of advice. And there was one night after filming, we were like in the hotel lobby. And I told him, I was like, you know, I'm really, I'm really happy about like, you know, where we are now. I feel like you're, you've, been, you've been so cool with me and you've given me so much advice. You know, the first time I met you, this is what happened. And he was like, oh, no, that didn't happen. I was like, yeah, that's what happened. He was like, well, you know what? I think you and I should have sex tonight. Uh, uh. Literally. Looked me in my face and said that. I think you and I should have sex tonight. Wow. Seven years later. Still the like. It's just so dark. But the thing, too, is the person who the show belongs to yes. has a certain track record with people, with women on the show. You know, Half of his baby mamas are people who have been on the show. And so when you look at the head, things come from the head. It trickles down. So if you're known to behave like this with women who are on the show, what can I expect from other guys who are on the show? Yeah. They're going to follow suit. They feel entitled to that, right? It's still a problem. It's still an issue. Right. But can I even look at that man and look at him and say, you dead, you're like, you're dead ass. Right. I don't know how, what I could say, but no, like, you fine. <laughs> it's like, you know, but it's like when the head has set the tone for how your behavior should be in this in this business. Right. And people don't understand that is all over the entertainment industry all over yeah and what what i appreciate is that for males and females again that we're learning this year is the strength and the internal fortitude and the value of self yeah to say my talent is enough yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That what it is that i have to offer but sometimes like how you said how you decompress i remember yes. that night i called my friend and i just was like screaming and crying i was like i can't do this anymore Wow. I can't do this anymore. I don't know if I want to do this anymore because it's like sometimes talent isn't enough, right? Woo. For me, I feel that whatever's for me is for me. I, yes. I am convinced that no matter what, God will always provide a way for me. God will always light my path. He will always open doors for me, make room for me. I've watched God do some extraordinary things in my life. I don't come from a family who is in the business. Like yes. they're looking at me like all they can do is pray for me. Like, right. you know what I mean? They have no idea. My family is a family of nurses. Like right. Haitians, we go, we we're nurses, we're doctors, we're right. you know, we're engineers. That's what we go do. Yes. Um, so they're looking at me like, girl, we don't uh, we will not we have a we have a song in Creole. My we have my we have 
So it's like, I'll pray for you. Yeah. That's all they can do. But I remember like calling my friend, like crying and screaming about it. And she was like, Jess, you don't have to, you don't have to do it no more. You, you don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. You don't have to. There's other things that you can do. And so how do I decompress? I cry. I scream. I, I cry to God all the time. Like I, I, I seek God all the time. And sometimes I feel like I Sometimes I feel like how you said it's like, are you there? Are you there? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah. are you there? You know, what could I be doing better? Like, you know, there's a lot of things in my life where I'm like, oh, am I missing the mark? I thought I'd be here, but I'm not. I thought I'd be married, but I'm not. Thought I'd be a mom, but I'm not. You know, like, what am I doing wrong? And I think a lot of times God is telling me. You're looking at, you're not looking at what I've done. That's right. You're not looking at what I've done. If you look more at what I've done for you, if you look more at what I've done for you, mm. you'll have the faith. Like yeah. You'll have the faith for what's next, what I'm going to do next. But I need you to remember. I need you not to forget. And I think that that's like my walk with God right now. It's like, I need you not to forget. Sometimes like, you know, I, I ask you to come pray over my home. I'm gonna yes. do it in July. Yes. Cause that's when <laughs> yeah. all my family can come. Yes. But sometimes I sit in my house. I'm like, man, I've done that with my talent. Yeah. So according to God, my talent is enough. It is. It is enough. In the industry, it's not, but my God is bigger than the industry. Man, that's great news. You know, and so that's where I am. I, I got to ask you this. We're in the middle of uh, an election cycle. Mm -hmm. and uh, Oh, I'm leaving, child. I can't. No, oh, no, you can't leave yet. Don't leave. <laughs> leave after November. <laughs> okay. Uh, but the, the last time uh, you and I were together, we were talking about uh, some issues that were going on in Haiti. Yeah. And the uh, immigration yeah. policies towards Haitians is whole, so much different yeah. uh, than uh, the immigration policies for Cuba. Uh, which is what fifty three miles away, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I wanted to uh, really hear because when we talk about uh, African American people, are a lot of time disconnected yeah. uh, from what's happening uh, yeah. for other brothers and sisters uh, around the globe. Is what do you think uh, African Americans can do mm -hmm. to strengthen our sense of community yeah. with people who are? from Haiti, from Jamaica, from yeah, Ghana, yeah. from Belize. Mm -hmm. how, how do we strengthen those ties? You know, first of all, I want to say this. I want to thank you. Yeah. I always tell people how much I love you because anytime I've asked you for help, when it comes to Haitians, yeah. you, you, you never ask me any questions. You, what can I do? Yeah. You write a check. You right. write, like, you've never not said no. Did I tell you about the first time I went to Haiti? I don't remember, no. So I'm, I'm traumatized by Haiti. And really? we're gonna get back to it. When I was 12, mm -hmm. Christmas morning, mm -hmm. no, nah, I couldn't have been 12, maybe I was 11. My, I have one sister, she's nine. Mm -hmm. That's the only Christmas in my life <laughs> that I can remember my parents gave me everything I wanted. Only Christmas in my life. Mm -hmm. So after we open up all our gifts, me and my sister high-fiving each other, mm -hmm. we going crazy. My mother says, uh, you all get dressed, we going on a trip. Mm. It's like, we're we, we going to see grandma? My grandma lived in New York. Says, no, pe pick all your summer clothes. Yep. We're going to the beach. Period. 
We got on a plane and land in Port-au-Prince. We go to Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Mm-hmm. My Yeah, me 11 years old, my sister and I, and uh, we go check into the hotel mm-hmm. that's in a mountain somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, after we check in, my mother- Y'all stayed in Port-au-Prince or you went north? No clue. Okay. I had to call my mother after the show. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, we go to an orphanage in Haiti. And uh, the I key- already know what you're about to say. Oh, yeah. We uh, mm-hmm. get there, and my mother goes to the car and brings out our two suitcases. Mm-hmm. In the two suitcases, Jesse, mm-hmm. is all of our Christmas yep. doors. Yep. And she makes us give them away to the yep. kids in Haiti. Yep. And says, uh, you all are not going to be middle class entitled kids. Mm-hmm. You have to see how blessed you are. Yeah. I, in that moment, really changed my life. Yeah. I changed how I see things mm-hmm. uh, and my connection to things mm-hmm. and my sense of uh, knowing that my blessings mm-hmm. far trump yeah. whatever my complaints are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so when you call, uh, is really taking me back to that moment yeah. that thank you for not making me give all my stuff away. <laughs> <laughs> so if all I got to do is give away funny? a check, then that, that's fine. <laughs> What's so funny is what you just described is the childhood of every Haitian living no, abroad. No way. Yes. Our parents make us give everything. I did not know that. Everything. Wow. I'll never forget. Because I grew up going to Haiti all the time, but I'll never right. forget one time my mom was like, we're specifically going na mission. C'est na mission pour aller. So that's a missionary trip. Yeah. We went up in the mountains in a zone called Titanien. And we were just there for a week. No electricity. Ooh. Nothing. And I remember the first day we got there, I was like, this can't be where we stand this at. This is it. This is <laughs> but it. But I loved it. Wow. Loved it. I mean, we drank from the river. Yeah. I watched them kill a goat, you know, and I was like, oh, my God, the goat. Yes. But that night, that goat was so good. Oh, my God. That was the <laughs> right. best goat. Right. Oh, my God. It just was an experience. It was a time. But um, here's the thing. I feel that a lot of black Americans have this perception of Haitians and Africans and black immigrants that come that we think we're better than you all. Mm. And what I always say is it's not that we think we're better than you all. We grow up with something called shame. Mm. Want. That's how you say shame in Creole. Want. Everything brings shame. Every little thing that you do that's bad, that gives a, that has a bad connotation, yeah. brings shame onto you, your family, your future kids. Your, wow. Like it's it's a big thing. Yeah. Like you have sex before marriage. The entire family knows. And they are stoning you. Yes, like wow. it is like a a, a modern stoning. I'll yes. never forget I when I lost my virginity. Yes. You know, I'm not a virgin. I lost my virginity and I told my mother, mind you, I was in college. Wow. I was in college. I was in my second year of college. I lost my virginity. And something just told me, you know what, let me stop lying to my mom because, like, she was talking to me as I am, as I am a virgin. Yeah. And I said, Mom, you know, I want to tell you something. What? It's like she could tell I was yeah. going to tell her something. I'm like, you know, I'm not a virgin. Kiss <laughs> Oh! 
she calling everybody. The WhatsApp is going crazy. Everybody knows <laughs> I ain't a virgin no more. People Ooh. coming in town. They praying for me. They laying hands on me. It was crazy to the point where I went into a deep depression. Wow. And I went to a friend's church for revival. And there was an altar call. And I went up to the altar and the preacher looked at me and said, God is telling me to tell you to forgive yourself. He's forgiven you. Wow. Literally. He's forgiven you. Yes. And he said the verse, oh, my God, I, I'm, I'm saved, but I ain't that saved. He said, uh, you get up. What is it? You fall down. You get up seven. Yes. Get back up another right. time. And yeah. I said, well, I only <laughs> fell once. <laughs> <laughs> he knew the other six was coming. Okay. He knew the other <laughs> six were coming. But it's, I say all that to say, we grow up with shame. Yes. You come to America, you guys think so freely. Y'all are so free. Y'all have opinions. I couldn't have no opinions with my mama. Well, you've been delivered from all of that. Well, yeah, I have. You done called your father <laughs> everything on this live podcast. But, even, but even my mom, sometimes yes. she watches me and. She'll watch my content. She's like, that's not the girl I raised. That's not. Like, still, to this day, it's like, that's shameful, you know? Yeah. And you come here, you guys are so free thinking. You dress how you want. The women have opinions. Like, you know, in, in my culture, Haitians look down on me all the time. Yeah. Because I have such an opinion. Right. I speak up for myself. You know what I mean? And that's just not our culture. So when we come here, it's like, we'll see you guys do some things. And it's like, oh. You know, and it's like, right. oh, y'all think y'all better than us. No. It's just like, y'all are so free. Yeah. We were so bound to shame. Like, there's just a lot of things we just are not supposed to do, not able to do. And if you do that, like, your family will disown you. And I think, first of all, it's just the, perspect the, the, the perspective. And then I think it's also remembering that there is so much um, – Jamaican history, Haitian history, yeah. you know, in black America, in, in America, period. Look at Marcus Garvey. Yeah. Look at what he did. That's my hero. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look at, you know, uh, Jean-Baptiste Point du Sable. He was the first Haitian settler here. He founded Chicago. That's right. Chicago was founded by a Haitian. You know, um, the Louisiana Purchase. You know, Nat Turner was influenced by what happened in the Haitian Revolution. Right. Like, we are all in this together. Like, literally, when I went to Ghana and I saw Ghanaian people and, you know, there you get named by the by the day of the week right. that you're born. And I was like, I don't want everybody named. You know, I'm Haitian. I'm rebellious. I don't want right. to name everybody. Got. Right. And I remember looking up Ghanaian names and I found the name and it said Mausi. And it says, God's hand is upon her. I was like, I want that name. Nice. And when I said the name to someone else, I was like, oh, you picked the Airway name. And I was like, who are the Airways? Oh, the Airways are people who migrate from Benin and Togo to Ghana. And they live amongst the water. And they're known for voodoo. They're known to. No way. I was like, I picked. <laughs> I picked. Welcome to Ancestry.com. How you doing? Okay, yeah, I ain't need to. I ain't need to pay no white person to tell me where I come from. Yes, I picked it, and I picked my people's name. I love and it, and I, I just, I was just so fascinated by that. And we're just all one. I love it. I, we're all one people, and I never understand the xenophobia. 
I never, I'll never forget when I reached out to you about what Pastor Keon had said. It, it, yes. Yes. Never yes. forget how he went viral for saying Haitian people, the reason why Haitian people experience what they experience is because of voodoo. And you was like, no, that's not, that's not true. That's not, you know, a smart right. thing to say. And you put me in contact with him. Yes. Side note. He was very willing to speak up publicly about it until he realized I wasn't I wasn't just hilarious. So he thought I was just hilarious. <laughs> when he realized I wasn't just hilarious, he was like, yeah. oh, you know what? Well, I'm just not going to address it publicly. Mind you, like, I had set up things for him. Like, hey, like, right. the Haitian Bridge is an organization that's in Texas right. that works towards legislation for Haitians. Why, why don't we partner together? He didn't want to do it. And I was like, wow. So you're willing to spread xenophobia when you know it's not right. He you know didn't that's know. a thing. He didn't know. Well, he didn't know. He didn't know. That's but my guy. He didn't I, I, know. He's your guy, but yes. when I tried to correct him, he didn't know. He, he didn't know. I love you, Keon. He didn't know. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't love you no, no more. No, 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 no. No, because no, because I get it. Here's I the thing. Yeah, because yes. I, I feel like it is my very blood important. Going up. <laughs> no, because I think it is very important. The yes. same way, Black Americans deserve all the yes. respect, all the honor. Yes for what black Americans have done in this country and are still doing and how this country was built on black Americans, sweat, blood, tears yes. for centuries. And we need to honor that as black people who come here and not look at you and be like, I'm better than you, you this, you that, you you on wealth. Like all the, all the stereotypes, I feel in reverse. It is very important for black Americans to look at other black cultures. Yes. With honor and respect as well. I agree. I can't fight it. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. What is the one thing you wish that people knew and understood about you? Oh, my gosh. Just one. Just one thing that you wish that they knew and understood. Because a lot of people mm. see you on TV or see you on social yeah. media. And they only have one dimension of yeah. your being and don't mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. realize you're a, a living, breathing person. Mm -hmm. What's the one thing about you you want people to know? That I have a heart of God. I do. Uh, I feel like uh, I have a heart of God, the heart of God in me. I may not always behave accordingly, but I do have God is the center of my heart. I see it. Yeah. You're radiant. Yeah. Thank I you. I love your spirit. I love your heart. This Thank is you. Dr. Jamal Bryant. <laughs> Let's be clear. The podcast is going to change the game. I'm so grateful you hung out with me Thank today. Thank you for we having me. We got to do me. it again. Yes. And I need to see you before the house warms. Of course. No. Of course. I have a podcast I'm working on, so I'm definitely wanting you to come oh, on. Oh, no. It. I'm coming. And I need to meet your dad. You should. I have to have a conversation with you your dad. Should. You with should. With no microphones, no cameras. <laughs> But I got to see my we gotta guy. Get, we got to get his passport together, Chad. Yeah, no, I'm going to have good. I'll go see him. Me and you will go see really? him. Really? Oh, I would love yes, that. Yes, no, we'll go see him. Yeah. Thank you all for hanging out with us. I need you to share this with everybody. Tell everybody about it. Stay locked in to jamalbryant.org. It's only going to get good and good. See you next time. I've just had one of the most riveting conversations I ever had. So much so, I need to go take a nap. I'm liquid Drano. My sister... Absolutely laid it all on the table. Thank you for hanging out with me, Jesse. Thanks Jessie. for having me. I appreciate it. You're going to want to see all of this and behind the scenes. Go directly to jamalbryan.org and stay locked in.